Hey everyone, I'm glad that you're joining in with us today as we uh, begin chronicling through the book of Daniel. So if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and open it up to the Old Testament book of Daniel. So what we'll do during these daily devotions with Daniel is we're just going to go through primarily books of the Bible a little bit at a time. And so this week we'll be in chapter one of Daniel. And of course, if those of you that are members at Canaan and come to church here, we are doing a series, a sermon series on Daniel as well. So that'll kind of be the rhythms we go through is we'll be going through the books of the Bible that we're preaching on on Sunday morning. But this way we can kind of slow down, take a little bit at a time, uh, dig a little deeper, but also focus on some really good truth and nuggets so that the Lord can use as you walk through this day. So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1 today, looking at just verse 1. And so I'm going to go ahead and read that. And today we'll give a lot of background, what's, tell what's going on, and so you have a, a good, rich understanding of the context that this incredible historical account of Daniel happens. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 says this. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So right here we have some some historical markers, and this is very helpful. This gives us exactly the historical context from which Daniel's going to be writing, living his life, doing the things we're going to read about. And so let's just kind of pan out a little bit and do a little history um, just to understand what was going on with Daniel's people. So Daniel is, is Jewish. He was of the of the Hebrew people, the tribe of Judah, the kingdom of Judah. And if you go back in time uh, to about 933 BC, God's people, the kingdom of Israel, actually split into two different kingdoms. So if you go and you look in, this is all written about in, in 2 Kings and also in the Chronicles. But so what happens is after the reign of King Solomon, when Solomon dies, he names his son Rehoboam to be the king. Well, Rehoboam goes to his different groups of advisors. He goes to his father's advisors and asks for counsel on how should I rule? Should I rule uh, more harshly and tax more, uh, you know, a greater tax burden to show the people that I am strong like my dad was? Or should I reign uh, with more love and kindness and gentleness, reduce taxes? And so he asked his father's Solomon's counselors, and they told him to rule more kindly. But then he went and asked his peers, those of his generation, and they said, no, you, you need to rule more harshly. You need to show them that you're ever bit as strong and tough as Solomon was. Well, unfortunately for Rehoboam, he chose to listen to his peers rather than the elders that had served his father. Well, as a result, there had been a, a gentleman named Jeroboam who had, uh, was, a, was a general under King Solomon, but Solomon had exiled him down to Egypt. Well, when Solomon died, Jeroboam returned, and he had bad intentions. So when he got there, he seized this opportunity of this divisive decision Rehoboam had made to lead a coup and and really um, stir up a rebellion and really what ended up being a kingdom split. So Jeroboam ends up taking 10 out of the 12 tribes of Israel north with him, uh, settling in Samaria. Um, and establishing or maintaining uh, the name of the nation of Israel. Well, that left just primarily the tribe of Judah and Benjamin in the south, and so they took the name of Judah for the namesake of their tr- the largest tribe as the name of their nation. And so Jeroboam then became the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, and Rehoboam became the king, first king of the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, again, this was in 933 B.C. Now, not to 
belabor this, but just to, to go for so you have the big picture. The northern kingdom started with Jeroboam. It lasted roughly 200 years. In 722 BC, the Assyrian Empire, which was the predominant empire of that day, conquered them and destroyed them and scattered uh, the Israelites uh, among their own people. But the southern kingdom would continue. Uh, the northern kingdom, destroyed in 722, never had a godly king. They had zero kings that followed God. The southern kingdom was a little bit different. They mostly had wicked kings, but they did have eight kings that followed God, that did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And so God, in his graciousness, would let them continue a little bit longer. So when Daniel comes on the scene, the king of Judah is Josiah. Josiah had become king at the age of eight and had become a very godly king, a good king. He led the most incredible reforms in Judah. Um, he actually tore down idolatry, what was called the high places. He had done amazing things, led to incredible reform. And so Daniel was a little boy when Josiah was the king, the latter part of Josiah's kingdom. And so we're, we're in the mid to late 600s BC. So this is roughly a hundred, little over a hundred years after the northern kingdom was destroyed and roughly 300 years after the kingdom of Israel split. And so that's the scene into which Daniel comes, comes into. And so when Daniel begins his ministry here, it says, it says, it's the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Well, Jehoiakim is one of Josiah's sons. And Jehoiakim did not, uh, he did not want to go along with the decrees of the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. And at this point in history, Babylon was rising up as the preeminent empire of the world, and they were flexing their muscles quite, quite strongly. In fact, in Scripture, it talks about how God himself raised Nebuchadnezzar up because God was um, very, very fed up with the idolatry and the rebellion of Judah. And so he was going to use Nebuchadnezzar as his hand of discipline. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 25, Jeremiah the prophet, who also is a contemporary, of Daniel, he writes this in verse 9 of chapter 25. He says, Behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations. So as we get ready to embark on the book of Daniel, I think a good thought, just to start our day off, to a devotional thought of the day, is that God is absolutely sovereign that God uses not only his people who are committed to him, but God can also use people who are pagans, people who have no regard for him whatsoever. Here, Nebuchadnezzar, God calls him his servant, even though Nebuchadnezzar had zero faith in the one true God. He was a polytheist. He believed in the Babylonian gods, which we'll, we'll get to in a couple of days. In fact, later on, we'll see that Nebuchadnezzar even begins to think that he himself is a god with a little g. So Nebuchadnezzar did not have faith in the one true God, but yet the one true God refers to Nebuchadnezzar here as my servant. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar is going to serve God's purpose of bringing judgment and discipline upon Judah so that they would hopefully turn back to God in faith. So that's encouragement for us today as we look to different leaders and different authorities. And as our culture here in America uh, quickly goes in a non and even anti-Christian direction, to know that even the most pagan of leaders, even the most godless of leaders are still 
ultimately God's servants, serving his will, serving his purpose. So even if we think things could not get any worse, we must take hope because God is sovereign even over all this mess. Well, thanks for joining in and devotions with Daniel. Uh, Tune in tomorrow as we'll continue on in chapter one. Have a blessed day. I pray you walk closely with Jesus today.